Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Well, hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Well, first of all, happy Halloween. Trick or treat. (laughs) Are we getting both? Uh, maybe. Trick and treat. <laughs> I don't like tricks. Oh, okay. well, we've got a tricks spe- are for kids. <laughs> we've got a special show today for this day to celebrate the spooky stuff in life. Our episode number forty, titled "Things That Go Bump in the Night and What to Do About Them." We're also doing a simulcast today on Facebook Live, so you can see us behind the scenes while you listen to the show on VoiceAmerica.com empowerment channel it doesn't cost anything to get on there and listen to us that way you get both the great audio feed and the video we're glad you could join us so what are some of the things that go bump in your night (laughs) sometimes we might have a bit of a spooky experience whether it's in the middle of the night or during the daylight but (laughs) But what makes the experience spooky or even downright frightening? Well, right off the bat, we may get spooked if we can't figure out what's happening. What we're experiencing is inexplicable. We're walking through our dark bedroom at night to go to the bathroom and we feel someone touch us. Or we hear a voice saying something to us, but no one else is in our house. Is it a burglar or worse? Did someone break in? But we didn't see anyone when we turn on the lights. Is that creepy? (laughs) We can't even call the police, can we? What do we say? Uh, A ghost broke into my house and and is creeping me out. (laughs) Of course, it might not be a ghost either. It could be worse. Maybe you're about to be abducted by an alien. Now it's getting really scary. Why? Because you feel like you have no control in the matter. The alien could have advanced technology, mind control, photon blasters. There's nothing you can do. Michael's making funny faces, but actually those things all actually exist. Ah, in such situations, our minds tend to go to all kinds of places where no one has dared to go before. Yes, it was a dark and stormy night. Most of us have grown up listening to scary stories by the campfire, or at least watched a horror movie or two. And what are those scary stories about, and what makes them so scary? (laughs) Well, they're unpredictable, uncontrollable. Horrible things could happen to you and those you care about, and there's nothing you can do about it. You're totally out of your comfort zone. In the unknown... Some of you older folks, like us, might remember the creepy but popular 60s TV show, 
one step beyond. I loved it. (laughs) Beyond what? Beyond the known. Beyond what we can wrap our minds around. Each episode, believe it or not, was based on a true story. That was what made it creepier. It wasn't fiction. It happened to real people. It could happen to you. (laughs) But that's the realm of miracles as well, isn't it? A miracle is a miracle because it isn't predictable or expected. A miracle is beyond what we imagine or expected could be. A miracle is never, ever in our comfort zone. And it often happens when we are so far out of our comfort zone and we just stop fighting it. We stop trying to control things to make ourselves feel safe and secure. We let go and open up to the previously unknown territory and become willing to discover something new. We allow ourselves to be part of what's unfolding in our lives rather than trying to be separate, as we have spoken about many times. So, experiencing things that go bump in the night can be a blessing in disguise. If we approach them correctly, we can expand our consciousness, wake up more to what is outside our comfort zone. And when we do, we make ourselves more available to miracles as well. Michael, (laughs) you must have had some things that went bump in the night when you were growing up in Japan. Oh, yes. (laughs) Could you share with our listeners a scary story or two? (laughs) Uh, uh, Gather around the campfire with your s'mores. (laughs) Of course, the Japanese have been known to make some of the scariest scary movies. American movie makers have been studying them for years. Some of the scary movies recently made here in the U.S. were remakes of a couple of very scary Japanese movies. And what made them so scary wasn't about, there wasn't so much blood and guts and gore. It was more psychological. And they were about the souls of the deceased that weren't complete in their incarnations and became earthbound and haunted those they could not forgive or leave here. Guilt, vengeance, jealousy, much scarier than blood and gore. (laughs) So, (laughs) So what went bump in my nights growing up in Japan with those kinds of scary stories? Well, I remember one very clearly. I watched one of the scariest ghost movies of the time at home with my family. It was still, and probably still is, the most famous of Japan's horror movies called Yotsuya Kaidan. That translates into English as the ghost story of Yotsuya. Yotsuya is uh, a main character. It's a very complicated story based on multiple betrayals, murders, and ghostly revenge. (laughs) The, The main ghost character is a beautiful woman who is betrayed by both her friend, who puts like a toxic poison uh, in her facial cream to mutilate her beautiful face so that her husband would divorce her 
and the friend could have him instead. (laughs) Well, this woman who was the beautiful woman uh, with a disfigured, severely disfigured face, dies by accident when she's in rage going after her friend and or used to be friend and her soon to be ex-husband, right? With a sword, you know, one of those Japanese katanas. And uh, a friend of hers tries to stop her because he knows that's really, you know, not the way to go. But when she's running, he tries to grab at her. She trips and falls and, and slices her throat open and dies. Ah, so now she's uh, in that, you know, where you die, that consciousness, if you're stuck in it, you're, you're stuck in it. So even as a soul, hey, you're stuck. That's how uh, one way that earthbound beings become earthbound. Well, it was really creepy and scary. And when it was time for me to go to bed, I had to walk down a short corridor from the living room and dining room area to my bedroom. It was dark hallway. And I was starting to walk in it. And a spirit, just like her, with a disfigured face, terribly disfigured face, shows up at the end of my hallway, right in front of my bedroom door. (laughs) I'm, I think, around nine, eight or nine or maybe 10, but probably eight or nine years old. And I tried to tell my mom, as well as my nanny, um, there's this woman with a horrible, scary face standing by my door. And they just said it was my imagination from watching the scary movie. Well, I knew the woman wasn't the same woman from the movie, but she was similar. She was suffering from a similar very emotional pain and physical. And she came to our house because probably we were watching the movie and we were sympathizing with that character, just like her. She wanted help, but I didn't know at the time how to help her. You were a kid. Yeah, and people didn't teach you that stuff. (laughs) I wish they had. Well, I tried to walk down the hall by myself But she wouldn't let me pass by. (laughs) Yeah, she was suffering and she was kind of pleading, grabbing at me. And she wanted to grab me and hold on to me for help. But I told her I didn't know what to do. And I was scared of, you know, how she looked and everything. My parents and my nanny weren't helping me. So I kept on walking back to the (laughs) dining room area and telling, well, there's this woman that needs help, and I didn't know what to do, and I can't go to my room because she was blocking the way (laughs) and wanted to grab onto me. Well, it would have been nice, really nice, if someone taught me how to deal with that situation. It was scary for me because she was so disfigured, And so she looked terrible, but more so because she was suffering so badly and, you know, you couldn't communicate to her. She was just so into her reality of suffering. And and she was very angry, unhappy. So I didn't know what to do. I didn't know at that time as a kid 
that all she needed first and foremost was compassion. That, if I knew that, oh, that I could have given it to her. I already had that. But, you know, I didn't know that was what was needed. As a kid, I thought I had to do something, you know, help her, uh, fix her face, whatever. And and uh, I didn't know you can help her uh, go on in into the spirit world. Well, finally, after coming back out to the dining room, about the third time, <laughs> going back and forth, <laughs> my nanny finally probably, you know, took pity on me and t- took my hand and walked me down the hall and said, see, there's no one there. Well, when the nanny got close to her, this woman, she disappeared. And I was able to go through my door and get to bed. Well, she did come back a few more times <laughs> on subsequent nights, but I was able to get by her without her grabbing me. So I just, you know, went around and slipped really fast and whew, because she didn't follow me into my bedroom. She just stood where she was outside the door. Okay. So things like that happened once in a while when I was growing up. And it's interesting because in Japan, there's ancestor worship. You know, you you honor the spirit of the deceased ancestors and who came before you. And they're attended to, but it's all really mostly ritual. You know, they believe that spirits came back sometimes and hung around, but they didn't really look at them. They didn't say hello to them. They just did the rituals, at least the people I knew, and put out, you know, offerings and food so they'll be, leave them alone and they'll be happier and things like that. But for me, I was seeing them. I was feeling them. I was sometimes hearing them. Sometimes young psychic children will. And I didn't learn how to deal with that until I was 21. What, uh, what we experience in these situations, of course, is, you know, the scary stuff is um, fear. <laughs> fear is an emotion, right? And that's all it is. It's just energy we experience. And it's not real and permanent, is it? Sometimes you're afraid, sometimes you're not. In fact, one person's fear can be actually someone else's delight. You know, you could be scared of something like, oh, I know a lot of people are afraid of spiders. Jumping out of airplanes. (laughs) But I also know a bunch of people who love spiders. They have big, hairy tarantulas for their pets. Yeah, they walk around with them. So, hey, it's not everybody's afraid because there's a spider. No, some people are afraid of spiders. Others love them, and others don't care one way or the other. Okay, so fear. What is it? Well, someone said the acronym, if you make fear as an acronym, F-E-A-R, stands for false evidence appearing real. I love that, right? It's very accurate in my experience. False evidence. 
that appears real to us. I remember someone telling me once that she was walking down a dark street at night. And hey, if it's night, it's usually dark. <laughs> and there was a huge snake coiled up along the roadside. So she went way around. Well, guess what? The next day in the daylight, she was walking that same street. And she went to the same place. And it wasn't a snake. It was a rope that was coiled on, coiled up that somebody tossed it there. So we all have limitless imagination. We can use it to imagine or see what's there, which we call clairvoyance. Or we can use it to imagine or see what's not there, which we call fantasy. So many of us grew up in a culture that fostered fear. Why do some people fear ghosts? Oh, you can't get a baseball bat and hit him over the heads and knock him out, can you? Ah, he goes right through. How are you going to control a spirit that's creepy and scary, especially? Or any spirit, if you don't know what kind of spirit it is. If you can't grab at them with your hands. I could feel them grabbing at me, but I couldn't grab them. What if ghosts or spirits can do things to you you can't control? Yes, ignorance is necessary for fear. Once you know how to deal with something or what it is, the fear goes away, doesn't it? Yeah, it's only when we don't know we feel like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what this is. What's going to happen to me? That's the fear. We need to be aware, not unconscious, to get past fear. So those who wish to control others always try to keep everyone else ignorant. No freedom of education. That's one of the first things a totalitarian government or dictator will do. Make information and understanding unavailable other than what it wants to indoctrinate people with. So teachers of all kinds show up throughout the ages to demonstrate that you don't have to be afraid of what you're afraid of. All you have to do is learn about it, get to know the truth about it. Yes, and we will talk more about this in a moment. Our first break is coming up. Well, what will you do on your next birthday? On my birthday, which is Saturday, November 17th from 10 a.m. to noon, Pacific Time will be giving our teleclass, remembering what you experienced and learned when you returned from the astral. Yay! I love my dream time and astral experiences, and it's a great way to start off my birthday celebration. We welcome you to join us for this teleclass. It's the fourth class in our current series, Waking Up to Your Astral Life. Get deal, details and sign up on our website, events calendar, michaeltamora.com, or you can call our office during normal business hours, Pacific Time, Monday to Friday, to sign up. When we return in a couple of minutes, we'll continue with things that go bump in the night and what to do about them. Thank you very much for being here with us, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Are you a game changer in disguise? Are you tired of waking up every day saying, they soar like eagles and I'm stuck in the nest? Well, wonder no more. It's time to soar. Of the world's millionaires, billionaires, and game changers, almost all started with at least one unique idea. Join Crystal for a controversial look at triumphs, tragedies, tools, and secrets for living a fun, financially free life with their successful guests. Listen to Soaring with Eagles, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Voice America Empowerment and get ready to soar. We hear just be you a lot these days, but who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on the Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Today we're exploring things that go bump in the night and what to do about them. It is Halloween day, October 31st, 2018. <gasps> and yes, there's lots stirred up. You know, this is a time, Halloween, and this time period in the Northern Hemisphere is the time when um, the veil between what we call this side and the other side gets a lot thinner. And I think that's why a lot of celebrations for spirit happen at this time yeah, of year. It's all souls eve, right? Halloween. Exactly. Yeah. Yay for souls. <laughs> <laughs> Say hello to all of them. Yes. Well, Michael was talking about um, how dictators will control people by fear. And I'd like him to continue with that train of thought. And then we'll get back to the bump in the night part. Yes. Well, you know, anybody who wants to control. So dictators, um, and, and those, uh, just even on a personal level, who you might call control freaks. But everybody, you know, when it boils down to it, why do we ever get scared? Is, oh, we can't control it. That's one of the, one of the things, you know, why don't you trust your intuition more and follow it? Well, I don't know. I can't control what's going to happen, what answers I'm going to get. What am I supposed to do? What if I don't like what I get? Ah, so things like that. And it's that control. 
And in terms of dictators and in a larger scale, historically, they've all, first thing they knock off is some sort of education, information, blackout, all right? You don't get to know, you don't get to learn certain things because then you're too aware, you're too knowledgeable. Knowledge is power. Yeah, and so so they only knowledge you can have is the one they allow, which will also help keep you under control. So that's that's what has always happened. So then the flip side of it is, okay, if you become aware and you understand how things are, what's going on, less and less fear and less and less what can control you. Okay, you won't give up your power, your seniority to others who saying, I know what's right for you. Okay. And so not to invalidate uh, some of perhaps your favorite <laughs> characters on TV, special and agent Fox Mulder of the X-Files. <laughs> but truth is not out there. It's within each of us. So that TV show's characters are afraid because they're looking for the truth out there, somewhere way out there, <laughs> rather than knowing it within themselves. And then whatever's out there, they will understand. Yeah. So slowly, that's a slow process of you know research out there. Go to the, what is it? Space, the final frontier. And you have to discover that first. But if you go within, it's right here, right now. It's a great shortcut. Of course, if we taught these TV characters <laughs> this stuff, there wouldn't be a TV show. <laughs> it's, it's based on that, right? So truth takes a lot of the fun out of things, especially if your idea of fun is pumping up all that adrenaline through your body and go, ah, and be scared. And be scared, yeah, and scare other people. Truth allows us to experience more of our innate freedom and lovingness so that we can fully enjoy life and learn and grow. So what do you do about those things that go bump in the night or daytime? <laughs> those things that scare you. Raphael, what are some things you do when you get scared, let's go for stuff that tend to really frighten us, like facing someone we love dying, or the prospects of losing one of our abilities, like hearing or seeing, speaking, feeling like our life is spinning out of control, something like that. What, what do you do when you go into a, some kind of a little scare? Well, first off, I had a lot of training when I was a little girl because I had six brothers. And one of their favorite games was to wait around the corner until one of us girls, because there were uh, three of us girls, um, but one of us girls would be going by and they'd jump out and go, boo! So I, <laughs> when I was little, that scared me a lot. And um, once I learned not to be upset about that or even be surprised by it. 
I learned not to be as afraid, actually. There's not a lot of things that really scare the heck out of me. Well, maybe when you had a heart attack, that scared me a little bit. (laughs) But even so, I was able to find my grounding and so on. But as far as the things that go bump in the night, those are the unexpected things. We're vulnerable when we go to bed at night and and we want to feel safe. You know, some of us even wear pajamas and and uh, have, you know, layers and layers of blankets just because we want to feel have our bodies feel safe while we're going out onto our dream time. And um, what I noticed over a lot of years, um, for instance, when I was getting my clairvoyant training, I would I was living alone at the time and <laughs> the funniest thing happened is the wall behind my head <laughs> started to go <laughs> and make all kinds of cracking and it was almost like somebody was knocking in there sometimes and of course I had already read many stories about mediums that had that happen and that's how spirits would communicate with them tap 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 um, they would sometimes be able to almost do Morse code and get yeses and nos and that sort of thing and but all I want Ouija boards yeah Ouija boards that's not a good idea I don't know why they ever made those for children but anyway um, what I learned was to be grounded you know that's the very first thing be grounded one time I woke up in the middle of the night for for no reason at all um, and in our room we have a, a big screen TV it's always off of course and um, in, in this case it's been broken for a while and I heard the TV go crack like that, and something came through it, and it went right into my left foot, and all the way, like a thunderbolt, right through my body and out the top of my head. And I was really happy with myself. Number one, it didn't scare me. Number two, it went through me without getting stuck, because I practice a lot of meditation and keeping my space clear. When you get hit with energy, That can be scary. You know, when you're facing your boss and your boss is in your face and saying what's wrong with you and all that kind of stuff, you kind of lose your space. Sometimes a a being in a body can be more scary than a being out of a body. (laughs) (laughs) But I have also had spirits wake me up in the middle of the night. I, I one time had one, and he wasn't a spirit without a body either. This guy came right into our bedroom and I opened my eyes, and there's this man standing there. I could draw a picture of him if I could draw or, you know, have an artist do it. He was a remote viewer. And I said to him telepathically, because I knew I, if I spoke out loud, I'd wake up Michael, what are you doing here? And you know what his question to me was? You can see me? <laughs> so I said, of course, you're coming to the house of two psychics. What, what do you expect? And, you know, I think you better get out of here. You're in my bedroom. And off he went. And uh, But the surprised look on his no face privacy. was unreally. And, <laughs> you know, I've had other visitations. I had a guy come one time. He was a big, uh, looked like an army colonel from the East Coast. And he said, I want you to contact my family. And I have a message for oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> And he was on my case for three nights, and I finally said, go find a medium on the East Coast. I don't want to do this. I'm too busy. (laughs) It wasn't my job to do that. (laughs) So one of the things working with spirits without a body is, you know, the first thing you do is you say hello. 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 Oh. Yes. Thank you. Hey, she sees me. 
one time I had a guy, I woke up and there's a guy walking down our hall. I think I talked about this before. He was an old grand grandpa that had died and followed our neighbor's home. They were the morticians <laughs> that were preparing his body. This guy followed them, him, these people home and then came two doors down to our house. Through a, what do you call a, that, scrying mirror. Through a scrying mirror. I had left laying face up on Michael's desk. I never did that again. <laughs> but I, I said hello to him when I saw him first. I said, are you lost? And he said, um, I kind of. And I said, are you okay? And he said, yes. And, and I said, well, would you like some help? You know you're dead, right? <laughs> and he said, yeah, yeah, I kind of figured that one out. And I said, why are you in our house? And he said, well, there's more light in your house than there is in those other people's house. And we had, these were neighbors that had just moved in. I didn't know what they did for a living yeah. until the next day when I went and asked them, hey, what do you guys do for a living? And uh, they were quite an interesting family because they looked like a, a very pale, blonde version of the Adams family, <laughs> <laughs> like that. So the main thing is seniority. Yes. You know, you are senior in your body. When you get the heebie-jeebies and all that, you know, laugh at it a little bit and say hello to the spirits that are trying to say hello to you. The body doesn't like the uh, idea of spirits existing. The body just wants you to think you are a body, but you are the soul running that body, and there are other souls around, and sometimes they're they're not around you, and sometimes they are. And a lot of times, when you experience fear and run right through you, you got to check to see, is that your fear, or is it the fear of the person you're encountering? Like a lot of so-called ghosts earthbound people, earthbound souls, they are so kind of trapped in the idea that they're the body. They hang out here wishing for physical, earthly things. And, and um, that's all. So they're scared. They're lost and everything. So when I run into some of these, I feel their fear. It's just like one time... Uh, there was a huge spider. I opened the door to come into an apartment we were living in, and there's a huge spider. I looked down, and the fear that the spider threw at me was amazing. It was thought, as much as a human. Yeah. I, I thought, wow, how could that much fear come out of such a small critter? And I laughed. I said, hey, don't be scared of me. And he's going, oh, don't step on me. You know, and I just ran. It was hilarious. Well, that's why a lot of people are scared of spiders. Yeah. Because they feel the fear from the spider. From the spider. And they think it's their own fear. Yeah. It's interesting with ants. You know, ants, when they notice, oh, you're big and you're, you can squish me, they get afraid. But they don't throw that fear like, like uh, uh, the spiders do. But one time we were traveling and, uh, with a group in Scotland. We were in oh, this yes. old castle. It was great. And we had the best tour guide who knew a lot of stuff. So she's talking away. But all of a sudden I'm distracted because I'm seeing this woman, young woman in a pink negligee looking out the window, open window of the castle forlornly. And I realized, oh, she committed suicide way back when because her lover went to war and never came back. And she's stuck there waiting for him, longing for him. 
well, he's not coming back, but he, she's stuck there. So I get out of my body. I went over to her, stood by, and saying, you know, hi, um, are you aware that he's not coming back? And then she looks at me, and really strange, like, who are you? And what are you talking about? And I said, are you aware you've already passed on? You died from that lifetime. You were this woman waiting for this man. And and uh, uh, she, she goes, I did? I said, just look around. Look at me. Notice. You don't have to stay here. You've been stuck for a long time. And she goes, I have been, haven't I? I said, would you like some help to get on to free you up from here so you can go on and be the spirit that you are and have enjoy life? And she goes, yes, I would like that. So all I did, I was reached into her mind and just took out the couple of images that she was really stuck on about, you know, uh, missing this guy and and promising him to wait for him forever until they are together again, all that kind of stuff. I just exploded those images, just like we've taught you, those of you who've been listening to our shows, uh, how to just... Imagine an image of a rose. Put the image that you're hung up on, you're scared, your fear, energy, whatever you want, that you want to just release. Just put it in that rose, and then imagine the whole thing exploding in a flash of light. You could do that right now, anytime. So I did that for her, and immediately she turned around, she smiled, she said, thank you, and she went into the light, if you will, and was going to a space where she could progress advance as a soul but when i got back i'm listening to the uh tour guy and she says and what the real attraction for this castle is this i said is it this woman who's in this pink negligee waiting for her lover because she committed suicide she goes oh you know the story i said well i just found out she goes i didn't say anything about it yet how did you find out i said i talked to her she goes, you talk to who? The woman in the pink negligee standing over there by the window waiting for the guy. And she goes, you see that? I said, well, not anymore because I freed her and let her go. I hope that's not going to change your uh, business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's already time for a second break. Be sure to check our website while we're taking a break, www.michaeltamora.com and find out about our current teleclasses in the ongoing series, You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think, Developing Your Soul Abilities for Your Spiritual Growth and Fulfillment. It's an ongoing class. You can join us anytime. The next teleclass, Remembering What You Experienced and Learned When You Returned from the Astral, will be given on Saturday, November 17th, 10 a.m. to noon Pacific Time. When we return, we'll continue our exploration of things that go bump in the night and what to do about them. We'll be right back. And we'll take calls, too. If you want want to try uh, calling, yes. Listen for the phone number. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
Are you frustrated that you can't seem to achieve your goals? Stop struggling and discover your power on Creatrix, creating the life you want, hosted by Amira Mondin. This show features the world's most intriguing guests, ready to guide you to self-realization using the powerful gift of your own mind. Tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Sometimes the curveballs that life throws you are just too much to handle. You may have been abused. You may be going through serious addictions. You may be bullied. You may think it's over and nobody cares. Stop. There is a forum for you. Listen for Abba Daddy House Girls Speak Out. Hosted by Annette Smith and Myrna Thatcher. We give you a voice and provide an outlet for your stories. We can help one show at a time. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's great to have you back. We've been exploring today things that go bump in the night. And what to do about them. And I think we should get to the what to do about yes. them part. Um, I wanted to remind you, if you want to call and ask about any kind of experience you've had, we do have a few minutes to take a phone call or two. one 888 and you'll be put through here. Um, Michael, why don't you talk about yes. the what to Bump. do about them? What to do with those bumps? <laughs> well, like Raphael said earlier, first thing... If you get a little frightened or whatever, that's the first thing you have to deal with is, oh, yeah, I don't have to be afraid, right? You have to be, and she also said seniority. You don't give up your power. When you're afraid and resist something, oh, no, it's going to get me. Oh, no, I don't know what, what to do. Then you give up all this creative power you have, and then you're, you're You feed the, the fear. Yeah, you feed the fear, and you become the effect of it. But if you just notice, oh, fear. <laughs> oh, I feel fear a lot of times. And first thing I do is, of course, ground myself from the first chakra by the base of the spine. Imagine the tree trunk all the way to the center of the earth. And let go all that energy. But the next thing, immediately as I'm doing that, I go, oh, how much of this fear is mine? How much of it's someone else's I'm just picking up? Like that thing I said the last segment with the spider. Woo, my spidey senses <laughs> was picking up that spider's incredible 
terror. So I, I just go, okay, calm down the spider. And ah, the spider calms down, and I don't feel that terror anymore. Because I've learned all over these years, so much of the time, especially if you're sensitive, you're going to pick up on other people's feelings. That's one of the first things, whether it's anger, fear, grief, or, you know, depression, or anxiety, whatever it is. So who are you picking it up from? Anybody that you're interested in. It could be the person with you right there physically, or it could be somebody you're wondering about, oh, how is she doing? How is he doing? And you have your attention on that person. Then you're going to be picking up on especially the negative aspects of what that person's going through, because when you're wondering, you're kind of afraid, you know, you're worried, right? So you're going to pick up the, the more negative aspects, what's not right about them, instead of where they're fine, okay? So that's another thing. And anytime you realize, oh, even if you think this could be somebody else's fear, just imagine that rose, ground yourself, imagine that rose, in your mind, and then just put, just go, okay, fear is all just energy, a certain quality of energy. So you just imagine that fear energy you're feeling leaving your space. Ah, going into that rose. That rose, by creating that rose, you're giving the energy another space to be other than where it's occupying. So you just transfer it to that rose. Okay, all the energies in that rose. Now, imagine it going, kaboom! Ah, it's lighter. I'm feeling less of that energy. You can do that with any energy, but especially like fear. And the other thing is, once you are grounded, you release all the fear as much as you can and recognize whether it's yours or mostly somebody else's. Ah, you don't have to solve it. Now you have to go, okay, what's the actual, if it's, let's say, if what's going bump in the night is a being, spirit. You might see the being, you might hear it, you might feel it, but somehow you know there's a presence there. You don't even know maybe at first if it's a benevolent presence or a not so nice one. Well, not so nice when you'll, you'll notice pretty much right away, they're going, they're, <laughs> they're trying to scare you. Like uh, when we were in Scotland, the same trip, we went to an underground old city, dark tunnels. You can't see anything unless you have a little small flashlight. Well, I'm walking in the dark and somebody around me goes, ah, who touched me? And then everybody says, I didn't touch you. Somebody touch me. Ah, touch me again. <laughs> and I'm seeing these like old time dead pickpockets, spirit of, you know, pickpockets and low level criminals. They're not masterminds. They're not that bright <laughs> when, you, when they were in the physical and they died and they're still doing the same thing they used to do. They can't pick anybody's pockets and take their money or anything they anymore. They can harass them. But they can, they figured out how to get them to feel the touch. So they touch them in the dark and they're getting off on people screaming, getting scared. And they go, ah. So I grabbed a couple of those guys and said, hey, you know, you want to get out of this dark mess? 
you know, you've been stuck in for a long time, I can help you get free and go on. And they, they laughed at me. They go, why would we want to? I said, because don't you want to grow? Don't you want to be free? And they said, we're having too much fun. Get out of here. I was, I was a party pooper in their eyes because when they, you know, they can see, I can see them and I can talk to them. I wasn't afraid. Then it's like, what good are you? if you're not going to scream if I touch you. (laughs) And the other thing is, uh, when somebody's in fear of someone else, whether it's a spirit or another person, you're actually giving them energy. And sometimes beings, especially beings that are on a, let's say... Stuck. (laughs) They're stuck. Or they're on a sort of left-hand path. They feed off of this. Negativity. Negativity. It gives them power. But it's your power. And the best way is just to take it back and have it for yourself. Yeah. And then you you can take your seniority back. And and with a being like that, Michael just left him. You know, yeah. It's like it's it's not his job to and it's Save it them. would be again it would be against their will. Yes. And so we don't we don't mess with or, you know, try to help beings who say, No, I don't want help. And that's one of the first things I always check too in a situation is, Oh, am I here? Have I been sent here to do something about this? Or it's not my karma, it's not my uh, job, it's just to be here, observe, and move on. And I get both answers. depends on the situation. And sometimes in the same situation, the answer could change. Where it starts off, no, leave it alone, don't touch anything, don't do anything, don't be a hero, whatever. And then later on, some circumstance changes, and all of a sudden, I get, oh, the the you know bets off. Now you have to step in and do something. Yeah. So that's that's what I do. But the first thing always after the grounding, finding your space and letting go of the fear, is saying hello. The first step always to empowering yourself. And, and taking back your power in any situation is being able to say hello to the person, the being, the situation, or whatever's going on. And sometimes it might not be appropriate to say it out loud. So you just say it telepathically. Spirit to spirit. You're communicating as the spirit that you are to the spirit that whatever, whomever is there. And once you can say hello, guess what? Notice all the people you in your life that you refuse to say hello to, how much power you were given to them, and how much fear you were in about relating with that person for some reason. And it builds up if time goes on and you don't do anything about it. Exactly. And so, but if you look at all the people you have no trouble saying hello to, you, you're in your own power a lot more. You go, oh, I like this person. I want to talk to you about this. Hello. Just saying hello. And even a place, it doesn't even have to be a, a, a person or a being. When you walk into a strange place, you can go, hello, <laughs> to the space. Everything is energy. Everything and everyone is energy and consciousness. So when you say hello, it responds. A chair even responds when you say hello 
spirit to spirit or energy to energy, the chair, oh, it becomes less hard. It's, it's more comfortable sitting in this chair once I say hello to it. This might be a foreign concept, but I do this with my car at least once a week. I put my hands on my car and I thank it for getting me from place to place and, and keeping me safe. Yeah. And it seems to respond with being a very good car. It just goes, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that's, that's a practice that everyone can do very easily. And you'll notice you don't have trouble saying hello to this situation, that person, that uh, place, that thing. But, oh, not there. I'm not going there. <laughs> that's when you know, okay, that's that bump waiting to happen. You're afraid of it. You're resisting it. You're not saying hello. You're trying to be separate. Go away, go away. And I'm going to stay over here. You go away. I don't like you. I, I'm afraid of you. I'm angry at you. Means underneath that anger, you're afraid. In relationship to that person, that place, that situation, you feel you don't have control. And you're afraid. So you're going to be angry because being afraid is you know, feels a lot worse than being angry. At least when you're angry, it makes you feel like you have some control. But you don't. As long as you stay in anger, you don't have that control. In fact, anger is not being able to control a person, place, or thing. (laughs) So that's the fear. And um, so when you find yourself in that kind of emotion, like anger, you say, I'm not afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guess what? Check again. You might not be afraid of that, whatever you're angry at, but underneath it, what are you afraid of? You might be afraid that, oh, I really don't have control in this relationship. I don't really have control in this situation. What am I going to do if I don't have control? Well, first thing when you get there is Relinquish that control, that desire, not the control, but just let go of the desire, the wanting, the trying to control something. Let it go. All right? And the more you can let that energy of wanting the control go into that rose and explode it. And go, let's see what happens. Be in the present, right here, right now. That's where your power is. So much more to talk about in relationship to this. So hopefully we'll be uh, talking a lot more about working with spirits. Um, At the beginning of the show, we mentioned about aliens, too, and we will have a show about that as well. So um, anyway, we're getting... Whether they have a green card or not. Whether they have a green (laughs) card or not, yes. Yes, we take a light approach to these things, but um, these are very powerful tools. I hope you were able to enjoy some of them. We're getting to the end of our Halloween show today. So next Wednesday, our show will be Celebrating the Light, What You Need to Live a Joy-Filled Life. Yes, let's have more joy in our lives every day. And please invite your friends, family, and anyone else who might be interested to tune in. We welcome you to join us as well for our next teleclass, as I've talked about, on my birthday, November 17th, from 10 a.m. to noon, uh, <laughs> from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. That was a little stutter. And it's called Remembering What You Experienced and Learned When You Returned from the Astral. Until then, be inspired 
Use your imagination and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.